Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up May 4th through the 6th in Florida, just outside the most magical place on earth, Orlando. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio with your hosts, Jonathan and Stephen. This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Listeners, thanks for being with us. You know, we have been doing this program for, let's see, I think it was 2005 when we first started mm. the, the program. So, you know, for nearly 13 years we've been doing the program. Our ministry's been around for 15 years, and we're grateful because the only way that we've been able to continue this long is because it we is. have such faithful supporters, uh, listeners like you, and then those who come alongside and faithfully financially support to help us to continue to expand this broadcast into just different regions around the world. And so we're, we're grateful for that. If you would like to come alongside and partner with us, uh, please do so at puresexradio.com. You can click on the donate link on that website and you will be taken to our page where you can uh, financially support us there. Well, Stephen, um, you brought this interesting page here that I was looking at and uh, it starts talking about technology and relationship and, you know, things like separation anxiety. And so I want you to just help our listeners kind of know where we're going to go in this broadcast regarding some just technology pieces regarding phones and internet and that kind of stuff. So the article is called Me, Myself, and I, and then parentheses, phone, iPhone, uh, by Catherine Hurtline. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, it's out of Family Therapy Magazine. And it talks about technology. And have you noticed how important our phones are becoming? And how close we have to stay to our technology? Mm-hmm. I was watching TV this morning, and they said there's a new game that's been released. I, I don't remember the title of it, but... But it's an online game, and they said 40 million people are playing this game. Wow. 40 million people playing a game online. It's like the newest, techiest, best graphics sort of game. 40 million people, what the heck? You know, there's 350 cert- million people in the country, right? But certainly they weren't playing between the hours of 8 and 5, right? I mean, because <laughs> no everybody's idea. at work then, right? I have no idea <laughs> how or what. But I've noticed, 
in my family, phones, you know, during the night, I see lights come on and and myself sometimes going to bed and I'm doing the last little bit. And, right. and it's like, have you noticed how phones have intruded into our lives and yeah. are so important? Well, you know, I heard, a, I was listening to a podcast the other day and uh, the guy on the podcast was saying, I had a terrifying experience happen to me at Starbucks. And he's like, I, I go into Starbucks and I'm, I'm, I'm standing in the line and it's actually kind of a long line, really busy. And uh, I'm in there for a couple minutes and then I reach for my back pocket to grab my phone and <gasps> I, my phone's not there. And he said, I had this just kind of panicky moment where I'm realizing I, I'm going to. I'm going to have to stand in this line for 10 or 15 minutes and I might even have to talk to somebody. And it's like, it's terrifying. I don't know what to do. And I think that's kind of indicative of sort of maybe where our culture is regarding our phones is that even in a situation where we are in the middle of hustle and bustle, surrounded by people, there's, there's life going on around us. Our first reaction is to get a device that will be able to distract us in the middle of life. Even if we're not, we may be, even if we're not doing anything productive or entertaining or whatever on that phone, it's like, it's just become a habit. And I'll confess, I do this too. Yeah. It's become a habit where it's kind of our first go-to thing when life is happening around us. Uh, so my routine is get my keys, get my phone, get my wallet. And sometimes I'll just get my keys in my wallet and go, and I go, oh my goodness, can I get through the day without my phone? Yeah. I mean, you think about that. That's so bizarre. Who used to, we didn't used to think like that. Well, we didn't have phones that could do all the things that they could do now, you know? Right. So the article says technology is being thought of as a member of the family. Mm. Your technology, your phone, your tablet. It's become, it's like a member of the family. And I thought, where else have we heard that language? No, we talk about dogs sometimes. Oh, he's just, right, yeah. He's a member of our family. Are we baby things, right? We have to be careful. We have this plant in the corner. We just baby things. It's like a part of our family, you know? And so we can sort of understand this concept. How can hardware be a part of your family? Well, and let's just let's just be honest. Um, for any any guys in the audience that are car guys, uh, uh, <laughs> the car, or the truck can become part of the family, right? Yeah. To the chagrin of all the wives out there, right? Uh, so that's so. I I think it's not completely unfamiliar territory, but even in all those items that you mentioned, maybe other than the dog, and even the dog might be still in this case. There's still a sense of, uh, if I can put it this way, there's still a de- sense of detachment from those those things. In other words, um, you don't carry your truck into work with you. Like you still have to get out of it right. and go into, quote unquote, that's your life. True. You still, yeah. there's a separation from it. Um, that's one of the differences with the technology, especially with the smartphones. There is no context in which you're detached from it or that requires you necessarily to be detached mm-hmm. from it. Um, maybe if you work in a top secret government facility, you've got to give your phone up before you go in there. But you know what I mean? For most of us, that's not a, you can literally take that device anywhere and everywhere. You don't necessarily literally take your dog everywhere or your right. plant or, or even your vehicle. So that's a distinction I think that technology has. So when you think about technology, 
You have to think about it two ways. It's an entity itself. It is a provider of information, right? It's a, something you play with, a game with. It's an entity that you have a relation. Every night I play this game, you know, and it's also an entity that you connect with other people with, mm-hmm. right? So, so it has to be thought of two ways. Well, what are you doing with your phone? I just do solitaire. I play, you know, words with friends. Yeah. I play. <laughs> so anyway, but I mean, I'm even thinking about doing it alone. Just me and my technology. Every night we play this. I play a, a game of chess against the machine, mm-hmm. against the software, something, and. And that's one level. And the other level is I use this tool to play words with friends and and to get on Facebook and to have contact with the world and to, right? Mm-hmm. So then they're saying family therapists need to check people and their relationship with their technology. Not just relationship with your kids or your that's, marriage. That's completely new. So now I have to that's check, a, what is your relationship with your technology? That's interesting. I, I, and and I guess is the is the reasoning behind that because there can be, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that there can be some unhealthy dynamics to that that we may get into a little bit later. But um, how would a, I'm curious of how a family therapist would go about asking <laughs> what well, your relationship I'm read the with technology and We're going to come up with some stuff here, okay? Uh, <clears throat> So some of the questions are these. How are people engaging in, uh, how are people using technology, for example, in a relationship breakup? Mm. I'm using my technology, but this is through technology to people. Or how am I using my technology in the area of infidelity? Yeah, we see that a lot. Right, is that just my tool to porn? And it has become part of my sexual practices. My technology is part of my sexual practices now. Or is it part of a long-distance relationship I have? I'm using this tool to build a long-distance friendship. And we talk every night. We have a kind of calls me in the morning. He texts me. We have a relation. This tool is helping me with my relationship. Is there bullying going on? Is somebody feeding your son or daughter terrible things through texting and tweeting and whatever they're on Mm -hmm. you know is damage being done through this technology that the the doorway into your home Mm -hmm. is it a gaming issue where you're always escaping into games they were talking about this on the news the other day saying okay there's a new category developing called gaming disorder you know, and you think about it, right? If you, well, well what's the, the deal with porn? Well, it's a fantasy. It's escaping. It's avoiding, right? It hinders emotional growth. Well, what does gaming do? Mm-hmm. Right? It's the same thing, but cleaner. Right. Is it a way to network socially with other people? Is this how your peers get together and 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 have a dialogue or go do a chat somehow? Are there safety concerns here where predators are, you know, grooming on the phone? Mm-hmm. Is somebody being exploited? Or is it a dating tool to figure out who am I going to date next? I'm going to use my technology and figure out, oh, what's my next date? Mm-hmm. So when you say, how would a therapist assess 
technology, it's two levels. What do you do with that technology to escape, to entertain yourself? And what do you do with relationships and your technology? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it sounds to me like then uh, we are we are creating this extra layer in life that needs to be dealt with. This extra layer between our, our, if I could put it this way, this extra layer between ourselves and this extra layer between others, us and others. So, because I really think, you know, you talk about how do we engage technology like with ourselves, whether it be gaming or pornography or whatever else. And that's creating a layer kind of between us being able to know ourselves and, and all that. And then it's creating this layer between how we engage other people. And I so mean, what like I, a distraction. So what I'm hearing, so well, it seems like it's creating a whole nother filter through which we actually engage life, life with ourselves and life with others. But give me an example. Okay. I'm your wife. And well, what are you saying? I've got this phone between you and your wife. And yeah, I mean, I have, you know, if I'm going to confess, I have literally found myself before in one room of the house, shooting a text to my wife to ask her a question in another room of the house. That's a layer in between yeah. our relationship. Now, is that always necessarily unhealthy? No, no, no. But but it's like that's just one little example of how that's creating a layer where it's just one extra like step. Um, it's funny because <laughs> this guy's telling me I'm with my brother and his wife. They're sitting on the couch. The three of us are in the living room. I'm watching TV. They're sitting on the couch watching TV, and they're texting each other next to each other. They're not talking. They're texting each other. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So that's that layer now. There's been a, there's been a filter that's put in between there or, a, or a, 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 not always a barrier, but there's been something that's been put there that is, has not been part of our experience before. And it seems to me like that's what this article is trying to address. How do we begin to assess what that is doing to ourselves and to our relationships, that extra layer that's been put in there now? So they talk about attachment, Right. <clears throat> Remember, we've talked in other shows about oneness, mm-hmm. bonding, connecting. So attaching is part of that process. And how are people attaching to other people through technology? You know, um, and so somebody might be t- using the phone to connect by saying lovely, wonderful things to each other. But the whole idea of attaching to someone. Remember. Oneness is the goal, and and it's interesting because you're saying it's like a filter or a block between that oneness sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And <clears throat> I'm thinking about a story where this lady is saying, you know, I was in a chat room, and I was talking to 15 other people, and they were all over the country, and one of them said, I'm going to go kill myself. And, you know, they chatted, and what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And and she said, I didn't know where he lived. I didn't know who to call to get him help. Mm. You know, he was my friend. We talked all the time. But when it came to real life, mm-hmm. I mean, he was like a shadow. Yeah. You can't call the cops and tell him to go down the street and check on your friend. You know, you know that kind of a thing. So, you know, what is our technology doing to us? How is it impacting us and our ability to connect Inform relationships because, on one hand, lonely people that are stuck at home get a lot of support online. 
Mm-hmm. They have a lot of friends. They make contact. They feel good. They feel useful. Versus yeah. being home alone, disconnected. But it just talks about it. It it said check all these other things we went over, but watch the attachment. And then they also said see if there's an addiction. Mm-hmm. Are people attaching in a healthy manner? And is there any level of addiction? Now, what does addiction mean? How would you tell somebody if it's an addiction? Oh, if there's a if there's a a lack of being able to control that, if it's compulsive, if it, if you're starting to rearrange your life and your schedule around it, right? Then that's and then and you're not and, developing healthy relationships, and it, you spend excessive amount of time. And that's just it. Well, I would, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm typically in the camp that tries to um, defend you know, technological devices and not having any kind of inherent immorality or evil within them. However, at the same time, this question causes me to think, just because we may be engaging, quote unquote, healthy behaviors on the technology, is it still fair to ask the question, am I addicted to the technology? Yes. Because, oh, right. because, hey, everything that I may be doing on there is morally right. Yes. But if I am adjusting my schedule or being deceptive or any of those kinds, it's like I'm, I'm actually addicted to the technology itself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a fair question because some people will immediately dismiss it because they'll go, well, I'm not doing anything immoral on my no, technology. But if you spend an excessive amount of time, right, it's hindering your relationships. Right. If it's a distraction. <clears throat> And you know what's concerning me now with what's going on in the culture is, is we're very entertainment-driven. Very much, yes. And so I need to be entertained and all the time entertained. I've got to be watching something on a Netflix or YouTube. I've got to be entertaining myself. And, and that entertainment is exhausting. Oh, yeah. I, you know, rest well. It consumes time that should be used developing exercise, walking outside, being creative, doing other things. So in the article, it goes on and it says to the family therapist, check to see if there's any separation anxiety going on. Separation anxiety, right? That's when a kid goes to summer camp. He has to go be away from his parents for a week and he (laughs) cries because he doesn't want to live with these other kids. And separation anxiety, you know, or you go off to college and you've never left home before and it's, and you got to drive 300 miles and live in this dorm. It's like separation anxiety can come up. And again, this gets me to thinking about. I, I just wonder if we have ever had this kind of, uh, experience in our history as a people you know even when you mention all those other things like you know a dog and a car and a you know plant or whatever um maybe maybe there have been people that have become so attached to those various kinds of things that there can be a type of separation anxiety but to me this gets to the issue of scale the number of people today right. that have smartphones and these kinds of devices, what we're looking at here is if we are developing such an attachment to our devices that we could actually be diagnosed with separation anxiety if we do not have that device, again, what is it saying about the technology itself? Not what we're doing on the technology, but just the technology itself in mm-hmm. terms of how it is disrupting our our lives. No, and I think we're asking a lot of questions now about the technology and 
and how Facebook used to be a nice way to get together, but now it's being twisted and turned in all kinds of different ways. Mm -hmm. And so what is the value and is it helpful? Is it useful? So there was a survey done of 66%, I'm sorry, there was a population, it was just about a thousand people in the United Kingdom where they did a survey and 66% of the people surveyed said they have a fear of losing or being without their phone. So 66% of people said, oh, what if I lose my phone? Oh my goodness, anxiety producing. Or what if I have to go all day without my phone? Anxiety producing. So they came up with this term and it's nomophobia, <laughs> meaning no mobile, no mobile, no cell, no mophobia. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I just kind of laughed <laughs> when I thought that. But um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, so I mean, yeah, I get it. I, I get it. And I, I, you know, while I may chuckle at the name that they came up with, the the reality is there. Yes. And and I want our listeners to know, listen, we're trying to give you information, trying to give you some education, some awareness, um, not for the sake of, of creating some kind of uh, guilt trip or shame, you know, for everybody who owns a cell phone or something like or a smartphone. The issue here, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, but I think what we're trying to do is we want us to take, invite you as a listener to just reflect on your own relationship with yeah. technology and then start to make your own assessments. And, and if you need to make a plan, if there's some things that need to be, um, some adjustments that need to be made, I think that's kind of where we're wanting and to check go. check yourself. Yeah. That's all. Be aware. It says people have separation anxiety in relationship to their technology itself, not just to the people they communicate with. Mm -hmm. So, and this is what you're talking about. This is the first time that we've seen that. So they said uh, some scholars believe that this new anxiety or phobia is one of two things. Fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. Oh, my friends are talking, and what are they going to do? And am I going to miss out on something? Oh, I'd, what happened? I've got to have my phone to be, I might miss out. Or just the whole idea of being offline. I'm not connected. Yeah. You know, we want to be connected. Well, we can be online connected. Well, you know, it makes me think of, uh, you know, when we do, when we do our three-day intensive workshops for men, there's one location that we do them where, it's virtually impossible to even get a cell signal. Uh. And I tell people all the time, that's my favorite workshop to do <laughs> because there's literally no possibility of access. It's mm. one thing when you want to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to put the phone down or I'm going to do something else, and, and you make that decision. Sometimes it's good to put yourself in a position where the decision is made for you. Uh. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I'm going to want to leave you listeners with at the end of the program is just to think through what are some contexts that you can put yourself into that force you to be still, to be quiet, to be, if we can put it this way, unplugged mm. or offline. Yes. Because I think we as a culture, even the, the, the generations that are coming up now, don't even have a context to know what that experience is like. Mm. What is it like? to have two consecutive hours of nothing. Of quiet, nothing, yeah. Of like no screen, no entertainment, no, and you know, it used to be, you know, you and I are separated by a generation, but still when we were kids, 
guess what you did? Went Go play outside. outside. <laughs> Went outside. All the entertainment. Go play outside. outside. You get a bike and a stick and you go outside and that's it. Yeah. And I am, the older I get and the things that I do see that are happening with technology, and I don't want to sound curmudgeonly here or anything, yeah. is I see the value in that. I am not at any in any way regretful of the childhood that I had that mm. said, go outside and play. Go outside and, you know, Entertain yourself, wander around yeah. in the woods and grab a stick. And like you said, just, I mean, there's something that's, um, the pace of that is slower. The imagination that occurs in that is far mm. richer than some of the things. Because right now, a lot of the, I think a lot of the, imagination that occurs with people and their technology is directed meaning whatever screen you're looking at is is actually directing where your imagination is going to go right that's the entertainment thing right and so if you get out in nature or you sit down um, with a pen and a blank piece of paper and you're journaling or you're just looking at a, a stream or you are just taking a walk you're free to have the full faculties of your imagination. In other words, you're not being told what to imagine. Mm. You're allowing right. yourself to just experience the creation that God has made and go, well, what do I need to think about right now? And what are some things that I could just ponder on? Or how could I still my mind and my, my life in this moment to just see what God has for me? That's a different experience than, yes. than what technology sometimes offers right. to us. Right, and really that's, I mean, this article goes on, it talks about different kinds of attachment, and, and is the attachment to technology like the attachment to humans? Mm. And and we could look at that, but I, it's less interesting to me. I'd rather do a whole talk on attachment than just touch on it lightly. But there's this line that says, our technology is about to become even more human. Mm. Think robots. Yeah. We're all going to have robots, and we're going to have a relationship with machines. Um, but I was reading something, and and it said, Freud thought that your own thoughts mess you up. And if you could be careful with your own thoughts, you could live better. A guy named Bowlby said, it's it's about attachments. How well are you attached and bonded? Because that's sort of the oneness thing we talk right. about, right? And then, but I think that the dialogue of our day is distraction and entertainment. Mm -hmm. How are we going to be successful when we're so distracted and so entertained? Mm -hmm. How are we going to grow and mature and, you know, fight, fights, battle well, mature well, you know what I mean? Believe deeply, think richly, serve well. When all you got to do is get your technology and there's a distraction. Right. There's entertainment waiting to go. How, how much time you got? Here's I've what, got plenty of program for that. And and here's what I've I've learned in my own life. And it's, it's one of the things that um, keeps me thinking about how to be careful about the, the distraction. What I, what I have learned as technology and, and just all these various distractions come in is that it, it, deep thinking and high levels of distraction are mutually exclusive. Mm. Meaning if you are constantly bouncing from one thing to the next to the next to the next, you cannot have deep thoughts. 
because deep thinking, and what I mean by deep thinking is being able to really uh, be introspective, but also be able to take any kind of a topic, maybe even a verse in the Bible, and to be able to really go into the depths of it, that requires time. It requires quiet. It requires stillness. It requires not stillness just externally, but a stillness internally to be mm-hmm. able to really go deep. And that's that's one of the, if I could put it this way, one of the fears that I have of this new layer that we have in our lives is that it is preventing deep thinking and it's um, preventing deeper relationships because it's still a, a filter in there, right? It's still something right. that is... Um, that is not allowing the the fullest connection. Well, and that's the point of the discussion is entertainment is being thrown at you, offered to you. You're invited to be entertained with every waking moment, but it doesn't serve you well. Mm -hmm. If If you want to work on emotional development, you have to be still, you have to be quiet, you have to be restful and prayerful and thoughtful mm-hmm. that doesn't happen with the action-packed entertain me keep me engaged sort of program so i hope yeah. at least we've given you some things to think about manage your entertainment well manage your technology well it can become an addiction too yeah well listeners we're grateful that you've been with us and and i just want to encourage you to take some time in this next week to just find a pocket of a window of time where you can be still maybe get outside take a walk do some things that exercise slowing down your mind, if I can use exercise and slowing down together, uh, in order to be able to, to be quiet and be still and, and maybe do some evaluation of your current engagement with technology and see if there's some, some things that could be adjusted there. We're grateful that you've been with us. And if you'd like more information or just more help along your journey, please visit us at puresexradio.com or you can follow us on Twitter at puresexradio. And until next time, have a great day. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.